Blazer over my pajamas. Yeah, I put like a sweater over mine. So, girl, you are all good. It's Friday. I don't even pretend at this point. I'm like, I'm making it, guys. I'm making it. <laughs> I know. That's so true. I know. How are you doing? Thanks for coming on. I just popped off a whole string of calls. Y'all are my last of the day. I'm ending it strong. So, Yay. thank you for scheduling with me. You no. know, I didn't anticipate all that stuff coming up. So. I oh know. God. That was crazy. Thank you for making time for us. We know things are so hectic on your side, so we appreciate it for sure. And how has it been since, like, the, <laughs> the snowstorm in Houston? Sorry, that's the puppy. He sits on, sits on the windowsill <gasps> up there. Oh, so cute. Um, it's been crazy. We had some pretty bad storm damage, and I'm moving in a few weeks, so I'm trying to deal with all the insurance adjusters and wow. do all their paperwork, and, um, you know, I lost my dog, so we had the funeral, I'm and then I'm just so sad all the time. I cry all the time. It's very unproductive, mm. um, but yeah, just life, you know? Sometimes you get handed a couple of lemons. Sometimes. I know. <laughs> That's so yeah. true. The, the downs always make you stronger for the ups, right? So They do. So I know you're on a time crunch, and we're your last, um, like, you know, meeting of the day. So is it okay if we just jump into it? Our goal today with you is just to kind of chat a little bit more about the dating life, especially for brown girls, um, and get to know how it was like, you know, being on the most famous show on Netflix. That, so my parents like never watch like Western TV, but that show, like they were glued to the TV because it was so different for them to see like what we actually experience day to day, like being projected on like Netflix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was really special. I always tell people that, you know, 2020 was such an incredible year for the South Asian media representation from Never Have I Ever to If You're in America, Family Karma, um, to our show. And I know like, you know, I'm a, I'm not in the industry, but I, now I kind of touch it sometimes. Mm. And I've heard of so many shows that are coming out in the next 12 months that have South Asian predominant cast. And I'm so excited. And yeah. I know that years from now, now we will be talking about 2020 as a year that kind of kicked off our representation because we haven't had it and it's so important it's so amazing to hear south asians both in the diaspora and in india to see themselves on a netflix screen and in a global scale you know it was in 143 countries and if you think back to black media we used to watch the cosby show and the fresh prince of bel-air and then rap videos and we're like that's black people mm. we didn't know black culture mm-hmm. and as more and more content came out we realized how nuanced they are how different they are how you know all the complexities of their culture and so so many people get mad and they're like you know i didn't like any matchmaking because it just didn't represent india well and i'm like it wasn't trying to right. it was trying to represent seven people on their specific journeys with one matchmaker and mm. hopefully as we get more media representation and more content out there we will see more and more of ourselves and the world who is not in our diaspora or in our culture will understand more and more about our us as yeah. a whole yeah, because absolutely. they have that opportunity you know yeah, yeah for sure and, and we kind of were just curious to know how has life been post the show you know like you were kind of like front and center and then like you had all these different situations to deal with so tell us more about that life was crazy and no one <laughs> writes a handbook on what happens when your show goes viral on netflix um and especially for season one of the show all of us signed up for what we thought was a docuseries about our journey to find love and what we found out uh, quite harshly was that it was actually a reality show and I didn't sign up for a reality show I didn't sign up for any fame I thought nobody would watch this I thought it would maybe air as a documentary in 
America and Canada. Yeah. So I was shocked. And then to see myself vilified and to not even have my real story told, like there were like falsehoods in my story. They edited out some things that were very important to my story. And I think that was a huge disservice to um, South Asian women and to women. Like um, I came off as really strong and confident, which I am, but they, I talked to my friends and they, they cut out your warmth and your generosity. And I was like, yeah. And they also cut up that I got trampled by my first date. Like when I said, I will talk to you never, it's because I was in tears the night before I was demeaned. Wow. I was disrespected. And so was my family by that man in that situation. My mom calls him a loser because of that. And then the whole world thinks that we don't like him because he has a podcast. I don't care if he has a podcast. He still needs to be respectful of people. Mm. And I want women to see that even strong women get trampled in the process of trying to find love and they go on bad dates and they get hurt by those dates and their moms get hurt that they're hurt. Mm. That's a very real part of the story of finding love. And that was cut out, unfortunately. And so I think it's a disservice. I didn't make the show, though. And what people did get out of my portrayal was that there was a strong, independent woman who was called unlikable for being those things. But a lot of women didn't see it that way. And I'm very proud of those women. I'm especially proud of the men who contacted me. They have young daughters, a lot of them. And they said, I loved it. My my young daughter would go up to the screen and scream your name. She loved it. Two or three years old, and she liked you. And I thought, that's really special. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And pointed out a really good point, too, where she was saying that, you know, a lot of us, our families are really involved. And that's something that's so foreign to other cultures that for us, like, you're not dating just one person. You know, you're dating their family, and your family just gets as emotionally invested in each opportunity and each uh, prospect the same way that you do. And so I thought that was a really good point that you brought up, Aparna. Well, it depends. My family has never been involved before this. They've never met the people I've dated. I, it's not a part of the way that we function as a family. And so okay. this was actually a really new experience for us. And that's why I think my mom yeah. took it so harshly because she had never seen that before. Mm. And I had never actually been on a date that bad before. It was like the worst date <laughs> yeah. of my life. And wow. so like, you know, it was all really new for us. And, and um, I think that was also something that wasn't portrayed accurately that we were in shock that this could happen especially with the vetting process of casting and all that stuff I was like how did this even happen mm-hmm. and like oh the producers were like oh we're so sorry my mom was like leave the show and I almost did I almost walked away from the show that day and then they promised me that they would do better and that um SEMA would find me better matches and um thought that they would cut that man entirely from the show and then I watch it months later and they've lied to me wow. now have they not cut him they've Um, made him some sort of hero that was victimized by my family because apparently we didn't like him because of his career choice. And I thought, well, that's pretty funny. That's not what I signed up for. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about, like, what made that date so bad? Like, what happened in those little... Yeah. Um, Well, we had a camera date. So um, cameramen are unionized or camera production crews many of them are unionized so they can only work for 10 hours so at the 10 hour mark we signed off and they went home and I it was my first date on the show and I said you know you flew all the way from San Diego can I take you out for a meal I'd love to buy you dinner thank you for making the effort to come out here you know I was being a host and he was like yeah I'm actually really hungry so I took him out to dinner and the conversation just devolves and I'm like what is happening so then we ended up being out till about like three o'clock in the morning and he says all 
things to me and I'm like, wait, what's happening? Finally, I like kind of kick him out of my car. I'm like, you got to go. It's time to go. It's three o'clock in the morning. You've got to go. And I just burst out crying. I'm like, that was just defeating. The whole process was defeating for them to build this man up, bring him all the way here and not even vet him properly and not even have him respect me or my time or my family was just terrible. Um, And so I was very upfront with them the next day. Like I said, they were very apologetic, but I was not having it. Yeah. And I don't think women should have it. I don't think that, you, you know, so many women let men apologize to them and they end up trying to appease the man who's apologizing to them being like, no, no, it's okay. It's not okay. Mm-hmm. And I do not accept apologies from people like that. Mm, yeah. yeah. And, and we shouldn't, not in the workplace, not in matchmaking, not in any sphere of our life. That is not our job. And society has kind of told us as women, if someone comes to apologize to us, that we need to accept it and like forgive them. No, we don't. No, yeah. we actually don't. No, you bring up a good point because earlier you said how like we're getting more representation and stuff. And I think it's the first time the world and even like, like cultures saw that there is this flaw within like the marriage dating world of like South Asian and just like other like Eastern cultures where the man is always kind of put on this pedestal and then he's given this like array of options right like the best buffet meal you could ever pick from (laughs) and then the girl goes and she only gets like this dinky salad and they're like we'll deal with it and then you're just kind of like wait hold on why does he get everything and then I don't and I think a lot of people were offended like Simanti was like offended where she's like oh Aparna you're too opinionated or you're too like strong-minded I'm like you know this is generally most like born and not born and raised but mostly westernized like you know professional professional women like we have a standard because we have to uphold a standard in society but then why does the standard change when it comes to marriage so why do we get slandered when we have an opinion about it? So mm-hmm. I didn't want that one match. And she goes, she's negative. She's picky. She's um, she's never going to find someone. And yeah. I'm like, you gave me one match that left me crying at the end of the night. Was I supposed to accept that? Right. As yeah. And the other guys that, like, the other guys, they were like, they've gone through a hundred matches and they've said no to them without even seeing them or meeting them in person. It was just seeing pictures. And that was okay. Like, yes, she did... To be fair to see my auntie, she did, you know, say like in a little bit of frustration, but there wasn't, you know, she wasn't demonizing them for doing that. It was just, oh, they're, you know, they're just not settling down. They're not committing. But with you, it was like, she's too picky. She's not going to find anyone if she stays like this, you know, and that to me was really difficult to watch. Mm. She's negative. I thought that one was extremely strange, too. I'm pretty much the most optimistic person ever. I gave them another shot to even find me a little (laughs) (laughs) What's negative about me? I'm like the most happy, happy person. And, you know, I I think that was really difficult to watch. I felt very betrayed by the things she said behind my back because um, I did my best to see it as a a matchmaker that I could trust and be vulnerable with. Mm. It's a very um, hard thing to think about love and what you want in your partnership and then to convey that to a stranger, um, especially a stranger that seemed pretty flippant about it to me. And yet I tried because Mm. I wanted it to work. I I really seriously went onto this show to try to find my partner and I believed that she could help me. was naive to think that obviously but at that time that's where I was at and I love my castmates we all talk about it when we do our reunion like we do like zoom calls every two months or so and we're like we all 
went on there with the intent to be married by this year. And mm-hmm. isn't it crazy that none of us found love? I mean, Rupam did. Not only did Rupam marry the guy she met on Bumble when she left Steema, but she just mm-hmm. announced she was pregnant on Instagram. Yes, yeah. I was so excited for her. <laughs> but she went through Bumble. She didn't even need Seema on D. So that was my other question. Like, how was your interaction with Seema Auntie? Are you still in touch with her? Or has was it like that one time and that's it? Yeah, so if you think about this, I know it's really hard to comprehend because most of us are not in the industry, but it's not that Seema matched us with anyone, right? Mm-hmm. The people that went on dates with me all did the same vetting that I did, which was a psych eval, an STD education, many interviews. Um, they had to be approved by panels of people. It's not like they found this bro on the side of the street that was South Asian and was like, hey, you want to be on a show? Like, go on a date with Aparna. Like, these people were vetted. And Seema doesn't know any of us. Seema, I don't know what Seema's job was. I guess to, like, be a fake matchmaker. I don't know. Oh, what yeah. <laughs> it's like, Netflix did the job. Like, or wow wow that is so unexpected yeah we didn't see that one because she had scenes where she's pulling out these big binders and her and her husband are like going down like these you know lists of people yeah that's for her clients in india i think that's her job like that Mm. is her binder that she uses in india she is a matchmaker there but she doesn't know any of us we're not her clients no one here knows her even in india i don't even know if they were her clients and the people that she matched them with were not her clients we all had to be vetted this is a huge production this is a wow I don't know, money, actually, multi-million dollar. I don't know if that's true or not. But this is, think about entertainment. It doesn't just happen. We all just, and I want people to understand media consumption. Like, we consume media, first of all, it's truth. It's never true. Who has, who, look at our show, right? It's so simple. It's a T-chart. Who's a villain and who's a victim? Hmm. You're either a villain or a victim. Mm -hmm. How simple is that? Are we in life going around meeting someone being like, villain, victim, villain, victim, mm. and then making every part of their story either vili- being vilified or being victimized. Mm. Yeah. Everyone that went on a date with Nadia was a villain because she was the victim. She was crying, right? Everyone who went out on a date with me was a victim because they had to deal with the villain. Mm. Yeah. First of all, I'm best friends with Shaker. We talk for hours every week. I'm friends with Philip and Jay to this day. Wow. None of our dates were bad. I went on three dates with um, Shaker. I think you guys see one of them. That's the true story that – the men were my husbands, but they're cool guys, and I'm going to be friends with them. And when the show came out, man, they supported me. They were rock solid. Shaker and I, that's when we started talking every day for hours. We were exhausted. We weren't even sleeping, but we would make that effort to be there for each other because mm-hmm. we had been such a through, – through the experience together mm-hmm. to a certain part. I had seven dates with six different guys. He was just one of them. But he was, he was there for me as a friend, and he still is today nine months later, which means that – he was not a victim for going on a date with right, me. Yeah. I was not a villain, right? Yeah. And yeah. so um, I think that's something to think about, that, like, we are fed stories and we believe them is true. And that was the most hurtful thing to me, that so many millions of people were like, oh, we hate that girl. That's who she is. And I was mm. like, that's not even close to who yeah. I am. Yeah. And none of us are as good or as bad as we were portrayed to be. Yeah. I don't care how good your edit was. That's not you. Right. And that sh- you shouldn't be aspiring to be that person. It's one-sided, and it's not who you are. We're all complex and multifaceted. We have so much to offer the world, but we also have, like, angry days and irritated days and defeated days and great days and triumphant days. We have them all. We're human beings. And I think this TV show 
oversimplified it to the detriment of every viewer. And I think a lot of shows do that. I talked to Jessica Batten after the show came out and she had just been vilified and love is blind. Mm-hmm. Why was she vilified? Because she was the only one who made six figures, only one who had her own house, only one that had a great job. Look at everybody else on that show. Mm-hmm. They were all nobodies. Mm-hmm. She was the only one who had her life together. And yet she was vilified. I was at the peak of my career. I had a beautiful home. Why was I vilified? This is what we're doing to women, and it's harmful. And and I'm not here for it. I mean, I'm writing a book called She's Unlikable and Other Lies That Bring Women Down. And it's literally about these experiences where we are literally in a world where society from a very young age is bringing women down with these tired tropes. And they're bringing them down in the workplace and on the playground and in their um, you know, study groups and their dining room tables and all the places. Yeah. And so what my book does is go through the whole process and casting through every minute detail of that horrible date because so many people want to know about it. I don't <laughs> want to talk about it, but sure, mm, you know, yeah. everyone wants to know about it. And then what happens when people troll you for something that's not even true mm. or cyber bully you or send you death threats? Wow. Like, wow. Someone sent me a picture of themselves naked with a gun. And I'm like, wow. what is happening? That's insane. Yeah, it was a TV show, first of all. And it wasn't even true. Yeah. Well, you know the crazy part is, like, when our group, after we watched the show, we didn't see you as a villain. Like, in the beginning, we're like, oh, my God, Aparna. But then afterwards, we're like, she's, like, an independent, strong, like, career professional woman. And we kind of, like, picked it up a little as to, like, you know, there's something off there. Like, I remember we all, like, kind of – flipped our mindset after we kind of discussed it and we're like we actually didn't see you as a villain when we kind of watched the entire series because so. it happens to us we're like a rich the auntie right like some yeah. auntie will be like oh here's a guy and then there's so many things like let's say wrong with him like for example one time this auntie sent me a guy he like wasn't a citizen i'm not judging that but it's like harder to deal with those things like after the fact and then right. it's like he like didn't really have legitimate work like he was looking like living with a cousin and was like like dropped out of school then went back to school and de- doing a career change in like mid 30s i'm like I was like, I can't, like, at this point in my life, like, start talking to a guy who really doesn't even know who he is, and now you want me to, like, settle down and then become, like, a breadwinner and then also take care of the house and whatever, and then the woman's like, you're being so difficult, like, this is such a good guy, like, I don't understand why you don't see him as a good guy, and I'm like, I know exactly what a partner is going through, you know, like, because it does happen, and the Rishta auntie, she, they literally act like we think we're, like, too good for them, I'm like, no, like put it on a equal playing field like stop being like oh the girl works but the guy doesn't or the guy works the girl shouldn't work like they're making us compromise way too much of our just like ourselves just to accommodate like a cultural belief system which is insane but, but go ahead but Nina, also, sorry unfortunately what i've noticed too is that they a lot of what's happening now is they want to have the same cultural standards of like the housewife, but without the standard of like what Farva is explaining, where she's saying, you know, like the guy didn't have a job, that's not seen as a negative thing. But if we were to say, like, I'm not going to be a housewife then it is seen as a negative thing, you know? So it's like they're trying to uphold two standards and none of those standards benefit the female. It only benefits the male in the relationship. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you definitely, by the end of it, all of us were like, 
Aparna knew what she wanted. She's so relatable. This is what we've all been going through. And she's like saying what we're feeling. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it's surprising. It's always surprising when I hear that because I don't know if I would have liked me if I watched me on TV. I don't. I wonder if I would have watched a show not as me knowing the whole story of what actually happened if I would have liked Aparna. So it's amazing that so many of you do. But like, that's not me. Like, some journalists asked me because now I've talked about like 200 journalists, but one asked me, um, what version of yourself on the screen did you identify with the most? Mm. And I said, go, go yoga, because that's who I actually am. I picked that date. I took them to that location. Um, Jay and I had a great time giggling and trying something new. It was, you know, kind of like they peed on him. They pooped on me. We were <laughs> laughing about it. But that's who I always am. Mm. And I was that person when I went on a date with Shaker. That's why he's still my best friend. I was that person when I went on a date with Dilip. That's why he's still always so respectful of me and stands up for me everywhere. I was always that person. Now, if someone chooses to create a narrative or an arc to make you feel like, oh, by the end, oh, you liked Aparna. Well, that was them who did that, right? That was yeah. some controlling person who created an arc that didn't exist so that in the end you would go away with a little warm feeling that maybe Aparna has hope in this world to find someone. I always had hope. We all have hope. Strong women always find partners. Some of my best friends are way stronger than all of them, be way more confident, and they found their husbands when they were 14, like, they dated a boy in eighth grade and are married to them today. I don't like the the notion that a strong woman can't find someone. And if she does find someone when she's younger, then she's given like a pass. She gets to be strong. We get to be strong regardless of our marital status. And regardless mm -hmm. of whether or not we find a man who likes us as we are. Oh, we get to like ourselves as we are. And yeah. I say that on the show. I don't care if someone rejects me. We're all looking for one partner in our life. I take it as like them saying to me, hey, you're not the right fit. Yeah. And that's not personal. And at the end of the day, I have to like me. And I say, but I like me always at the end of it. Mm -hmm. And that has to be what we keep at the forefront of our minds when we date. Because I can't be, um, I don't have the time or the bandwidth to be upset if someone doesn't want to be with me. I just have to move on and say, they were correct to choose something for themselves that fit them better. Yeah, for sure. I am correct for saying no if I know that that person's not going to fit me better. I'm not going to tell you which one, but one of my dates flat out was like, I can't believe you want to have kids. And I was like. Wow. You're not going to be a good fit for me. Mm -hmm. You're a wonderful man, but you're not going to be a good fit for me if you're in your mid-30s and you're not sure you want to have kids. Mm -hmm. When I am more than certain that I am going to have kids, I don't want to get into a relationship with someone that I have to convince. What if yeah. I can't convince them? And then I'm in a marriage with a man that I've been trying to convince to have kids. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Absolutely, yeah. It's for me to say that my vision and my future includes a family and we are not a good fit and you are not my partner. And that doesn't mean I don't like you or that you're not a good person or they don't value you and all the things that you bring to the table, but you are not going to be my future life partner. Yeah. So how has j dating changed for you? Because obviously being on a show now, like everyone really knows who you are, well, but does kind of knows who you are. Yeah. Like, you know, like knows like, oh, this is a Parna, but d like, do you look at d people differently now? Like did something change about the way you looked at guys when you go on dates or select the selecting process or is it kind of the same as before the show so this show came out in july during the lockdown right mm -hmm. um and for many months i was in flight or fright like i was dealing with life on a level that i could not even begin to explain but i'm going to try to explain in the book um i was sleeping three hours a night i was talking to every media outlet around the world i was working full-time as a lawyer i was um trying to build a social media platform that was handed to me based on things that were important to me, like female empowerment, nice. um, standing up for yourself, self-love, um, 
and that was too much. Honestly, it was too much. I was not dating. Um, and then when I thought about dating a few months ago, I got on the apps here in Houston thinking, I'm moving to New York in the spring, but what if I find someone here? I don't have to move to New York. That's just what I want, but what if I find someone great? So I get on, I, I match with a couple of guys that seem normal enough. Like I do some research, like my friends know them. Yeah, Houston's not that big. It is actually huge, but anyway, it's not that big in some ways. And so I find out that one or two of the guys are telling everybody that they match with me on the apps and that they can't wait to like tell everyone that they went on a date with me and that like that was their only intent to go oh, on God. That's the worst. Yeah. And I'm like, I looked it up. These men are like neurosurgeons. <laughs> like, you're like literally a neurosurgeon and your goal in life is to just take out a partner from Indian matchmaking, not because you like her or want to get to know her, but because you want to brag about it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Time for this. Yeah. I don't. I unmatched them, stopped talking to them. I literally was just so tired. I hadn't even started and I was tired. Wow. And I get on like Bill Mill and everyone's like, I can't believe it's you. Is this a catfish? And I'm like, Catfishes are real though. So I would, it's happened to me multiple times. So I could see that, but I, I can't imagine how hard it could be just because now you have like, yeah. kind of like a reputation but and then some people are using that to be like oh i went on a date the with stardom her. yeah That's it. it's more like starstruck for them yeah also just really quick when you come to new york please hit us up <laughs> I, I don't actually think it's starstruck i think it's disrespectful and, and mm. it's wasting my time and it's wasting their time and, and i'm horrified that men and successful men in their 30s would even think that that was an acceptable thing to do we're not 25 anymore like yeah. that's yeah. not that's a that's we're a really good point yeah we're trying to find our life partners and like we got to be serious about that not like not have fun with it like you know dating can be a joyful experience too but we have to be serious about what we're looking for and we have to be candid with each other and i literally now i'm just like maybe in new york i mean it's just a bigger city and i hopefully will run into people that just don't care that i was on the show because i don't care that i was on the show i'm over it like yeah. Yeah. i've been over it since like the week it came out like yeah. i've never walked through it again i don't need to ever talk about it again unfortunately everyone wants to talk about it ad nauseum forever Aww. and that's fine because the conversations that we're having are awesome like this right yeah. they're about women they're about our the way that we view ourselves if it's the topics that we're talking about i'm 100 percent here for it sure. because i believe that as we talk more about it we are moving our culture and our society more towards progressive views that benefit the way that we look at both men and women yeah i think yeah. it's harmful to the way that we look at men now so what if you're not a breadwinner as a man what if you're like vyasar and they put him up there as, as the guidance counselor mm -hmm. what what does he face in the south asian culture discrimination world about him not making a lot of money. He's just, uh, he first of all went to an Ivy League master's program, you know, an amazing undergrad, wrote books, is helping kids. Yeah. And yeah. yet he must, I don't know if this is true or not, but a man like him must face discrimination for not potentially making X amount of money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a that great point. I mean, because just culturally, we already know it. I think even like outside cultures see it. Like you're either in IT, engineering, you know, becoming a doctor, right? So it's like for... For us, unfortunately, like our culture defines success as these titles, but they're not looking at anything about the person's worth, the person's credibility, like how much they're giving back to society, the people around them, right? So it's definitely something that I'm sure a lot of men and women are, are struggling with in our culture, right? And I think we can move the conversation forward. What they did is they moved it forward with Vyasa and then they took it a step back when they said, I didn't like Srini because of his podcast. 
you're not helping the situation there either because that's not true my family is not sitting there judging him on his income we don't even know what it is what do podcasters make maybe a lot who who knows and who cares if you treated me well the story would have been different if you treated me poorly the story would have been the same Yeah. yeah absolutely yeah no that's such a good point um so like what I guess like at the end of it all like what have you taken away from the show like what's something that you've learned like is it something that helped you grow or do you feel like it's something that triggered a part of you that now you feel like you have to work on from the show yeah like you know sometimes like situations like being on a on like a hit series it's like something you don't really imagine would happen but it happened to you but you wouldn't imagine like its effects on your life after the fact yeah well I think it's gonna make dating harder so I have to be more um steal myself for what that means you know I wasn't ready to deal with it a month or two ago when all that stuff hit me so I just got off every app um I am moving to a new city though and I want to start out yeah I want to start a new chapter I want to meet cool new people in the dating scene um obviously all of them are not going to be the one for me so I know I have to go through the process with everyone else but I hope that there are decent people out there that um, want to get to know me and are interested in in what I have to offer the world outside of a show I happened to be on two years ago and tape and then it aired last year you know like we're all bigger than that and um, it's my hope for myself in the new city in a new place in a new chapter Um, how are the ways I've grown well we are all constantly growing and what this has given me obviously is a big push towards staying authentic to who I am Mm -hmm. I've always been that way but like sorry that's okay. <laughs> we edit that out. Feed dog. We forget to feed. Oh. Dog. <laughs> we might keep that. <laughs> Just kidding. Alexa has to tell. He's a new dog, and so we should. Get oh, I thought dog. someone was like standing there and telling you. Oh to feed yeah, the dog. Too. I thought it was a real person. Alexa. Oh, Alexa. Alexa. PM to feed the dog. Um, I love it. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, I think we're all always growing, and for this, for me, it's authenticity. Like I'm going to be more authentic, more myself than ever because this has taught me that like the world will always have perceptions of you and it's your job to tell your own story and and be your own um speaker Mm -hmm. and um you hold your own megaphone that's yeah absolutely i mean actually some other people do sometimes but yeah and then i want to you know but i want to give props like i talk to like i said amazing media outlets small ones big ones and every 99 percent of the journalists i talked to were women and of those women 99 percent were uh, completely supportive so what i saw was that the media was sending me these amazing women to amplify my voice and my story and that mm. was a gift so people talk all of this nonsense about the media and i'm like hey for me in my world they're amazing and I would love to I'm looking at like a career transition and I'm like I would love to be in a space where I can champion all the ways that media can amplify voices that are not usually heard wow yeah that's amazing amazing. that is amazing that is like so inspiring and like like you said like I feel like you kind of actually went through this show and are finding your purpose as well so in a way as much as the beginning must have been tough. Like, I feel like you've just paved a completely different path for yourself, and it's incredible. Like, you could have easily sat there and, like, come on social media and just rant all the time, or you could have seen, like, how do I flip the script? So I think that's beautiful. That's, that's so amazing. amazing. That's so inspiring. Yeah. So th- did this show, I guess everything that happened to you inspired you to write this book, which we're so excited. Yeah. What is there a date? Is there a release date, or it's still... Yeah, so we are releasing in the U.S. and Canada in Feb 2022. We're finalizing with HarperCollins India when we'll release in India, and we're speaking to other countries to 
uh, country by country get an agreement with them so that it's available there as well. And um, I'm in the process of writing it now. I'm about two thirds of the way done, and wow. I'm happy with it. That's and I love that people tell my story. It's a privilege to tell my story. Yeah. Half of it's like I said about the show, but half of it's just about my life. Mm. It's just uh, so many women, tens of thousands of women, ask me, "How did you become this way?" And I'm like, "Let me tell you. Wow. Let me give you some lessons of resilience and grit and perseverance that are my own, but are probably quite relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've all had them, and those are our teaching moments and the moments that amaze." us and leave us in full of wonder and awe those are also our teaching moments and what are those moments in my life so the book is basically 10 rules of living my life that make me live my life authentically and like Aparna and and I want other women to see that they too are can do the same thing that this is a reflection of their own life and their own process maybe you'll never go on a global reality show as a villain I hope you don't <laughs> I don't recommend it zero out of ten recommendation oh. not. but if you do Um, Or if something similar happens to you, if you're misrepresented in the workplace or in your family, we are all misrepresented in so many ways. So it's not just about the show. It's about picking yourself up and making a solutions-based plan that benefits you. Because all these women I talked to that were vilified on reality TV, their advice to me was turn off your phone, move to a different city, go hide out at your parents' house, like don't Mm. talk to the media. And I was like, are you kidding me? No way. I'm going to do the opposite. My first interview was with the New Yorker, then New York Times, Washington Post, Vulture, O Magazine, name it. I was there to speak. If they wanted to hear me and they came at me like a full force, I was ready to talk. Mm -hmm. And I think that might have been my age, my personality type. I was not 25 when I went on a reality show. I was 34. That's a lot different. And I have respect for the women who are younger and couldn't handle it. But for me, I knew I had to handle it because I could not see this happening again and again. We can't vilify women and then pat them on the back and tell them to go cry in a hole for three months. Wow. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. No, 100%. and I think that the the greatest blessing that came out of this show is one that, like, you were able to tell your story the way you wanted to tell it to all of these amazing news outlets and media outlets. But then you're also giving people a voice because there's so many women who are probably in India or other Eastern countries who are like, wow, she gets to choose, right? Like the freedom of choice is actually such a blessing that we take for granted being here, like born and raised here for us in New York. It's like, if we don't like someone, we could say, no, how many girls in India or like Pakistan or Bangladesh or wherever in the Middle East are like home and their parents are like, this is the guy you have to marry, that's it. And they have no voice, they have no say. And I think for you to come on the show and be like authentic and to be you, um, it could shows people that they're allowed to have a voice. Because the concept of a woman having a voice in like South Asian culture or Middle Eastern culture, it doesn't really exist because of just the way society has like, groomed those nations but now like being like a mixed like they see right they see in like american basically mm. you have like the best of both worlds where you appreciate this beautiful culture but then you appreciate american culture for like giving women a voice or like being like yeah like i'm gonna fight for my rights so i think I like no one was fighting for my rights i thought i was just talking to my matchmaker about what i wanted <laughs> and what i think is interesting is that that concept that you said i don't know how prevalent it is a lot of people came to me from around the world many outside of the south asian diaspora and said i was shocked to see the show because i thought you were forced into things but all of you guys said yes and no to people 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, arranged marriage isn't necessarily mm-hmm. forced marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Arranged marriage is actually, if you asked your definition or your definition or my definition, it's all different. And mm-hmm. I've said this before, but it's so unique that I want to say it's a fingerprint definition. Have you guys heard that phrase where like everybody's definition is different? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I realized I had to break it down and be like, how is it different? Well, Nadia and I both grew up in the United States and yet our views on arranged marriage are different and they're four factors. One, our families. Our families are, you know, everyone's family is different. How do they inform your ideas of matchmaking? What's the normal? What's not? Were your parents in arranged marriage? What did they say about arranged marriage? Did they approve of it? Did they enjoy it? Did it work out for them, right? Some people's parents are unhappily married and have always been that way and they're like, never get an arranged marriage look at that Mm -hmm. two what schools did you go to and who were your peers when you started learning about boys and relationships and and matchmaking how old were you and who what was your norm for me i went to a public school it was diverse i saw white people korean people black people all kinds of people finding love mixed race didn't matter did matter right Mm -hmm. three where did you grow up like we all said we grew up in america so already our geography is informing what is a norm to us. Yeah. Potentially the most important and what really distinct made us each distinct on the show, especially the women, how much of a voice do you think you you have in the process of finding your partner? Mm-hmm. Nadia sat back and said, hey, as long as the guy's funny and loves to travel, and I was like, let me tell you what I want. And then Akshay was like, ah, oh, I want, I don't know, whatever my mom wants. Each of us had a different idea of how much input we wanted. Yeah. Those four factors make up our little unique fingerprint of range marriage, and you will each have a different one and everyone across the world with. Mm-hmm. That's the craziest part about arranged marriage. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the show gave us, that there are slices of society that view it so differently. Yeah. yeah. No, no for sure. I mean, our what like our western friends, like our Amer- like non-desi friends, they were right. like so like you said, they're like, "Wow, you guys can pick who you marry." <laughs> like I thought it was forced. I'm like, "No." But then within our own cultures, it was so much like, "Oh, how is he like this? Oh, he's just letting his mom pick for him. Oh, how can she be so opinionated?" So then I think it was like a it was like a double lens where for like the American Western Canadian world it was like whoa you guys have like freedom and then within our own little like petri dish it was like whoa you guys are so different in your definitions of you know like what it means to be arranged yeah, and match made but well I always stick up for Akshay first of all again the way they edited me they edited him and they edited all of us and you know we all had 200 hours of footage it cut it down to like half an hour to an hour Mm. for me an hour and a half I think I had the most screen time but it's still not accurate right I feel like those faces he made where he was like looking blankly like everyone jokes that he looks like he was high that's probably (laughs) how I looked too when I wasn't sure the camera was on or um, when Seema said something weird and I was like what does she even mean by that because like you know we had language barriers sometimes yeah yeah. Um, I feel like they could have caught, they could have made me an Akshay just as easily as they could have made him an Aparna. Mm. So he wasn't really that unopinionated. In fact, he broke off his roca. To this day, he's still not married. He stood up against his society, his family, his culture, because he's not ready to get married. Mm-hmm. I want to say that boy is a lot stronger at the age of 25 than I ever was. Yeah. If I was in his situation in that Bombay family, I might not have had this backbone that he had. Mm. So everyone's like, oh, he was just like a mama's boy. I'm like, mm-mm, no. Rewrite that story into what was probably more realistic and more of a reality than what you were actually shown. Mm. This young man... I call him young because he's 10 years younger than me. He had a lot of guts. He had a lot of gumption and he stood up for himself. His voice in matchmaking, the way I speak about Moy voice, was just as strong. Mm-hmm. Sure, he didn't say as many words, but his actions spoke for himself. That's yeah. such a good point. That's a great point. Yeah. yeah. So we know we're coming to the end of time and we just want to be cognizant of that. Well, first of all, thank you so much. Like, this was 
amazing. Like, um, we're really excited for our listeners to kind of just see who you are. I know you've kind of, like you said, you've already spoken to so many different social media outlets, but we really think that this is going to resonate with so, of our, so many of our listeners. So it's just, it's really exciting. We're excited for this one. Is there one, like, key tip you can give to people before you go about, like, what they should look out for or what they should do in terms of, like, their dating life? Yeah, I think that there's something I noted along the way, um, which made me unique to to other people, and they they said it to me, and that's when I took it to heart. I think what a lot of people saw in me was that I believed I deserved my partner that I was asking for. And there's a lot of uh, parts of our culture that are beautiful, but there are a lot of parts that bring down, especially women. And don't leave them believing that they deserve the partner that they want for themselves. So my takeaway for everyone, man or woman, Believe that you deserve the love that you're asking for, and that will change your entire perspective on dating, on finding a partner, on sometimes you get down because we can't find the right person, obviously, like you would think I was there. I'm so I'm so far along in my life of dating, that, I, and I still haven't found the right person, but for me, I know it's because I believe I deserve the right person, yeah, and that knowing and that belief is so important, so if I could tell anyone out there, it's have that, keep that at the forefront. Don't let the other things really like cloud you or, or, or lose your focus on that very point because that point is the most important of them all. Wow. Amazing. Oh, thank you, Aparna. Thank you so much, Aparna. And I like want to keep talking to you, but girl, yeah. you end your day. It's Friday. Like, enjoy. enjoy. You got to feed the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's a feed dog. Please feed dog. <laughs>